0: Ever wonder where your heart really is? Look to see what you treasure most, and you can rest assured that that's where your heart is. Good morning and welcome to this continued look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Today we're in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 19 through 24 of Matthew chapter 6. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, open the eyes of our understanding that we may see and hear and receive what you have for us. May we be transformed by the renewing of our minds as our hearts and minds are intersected by your living and active word, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So let me read these verses. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. May God bless the reading, the hearing, and the perceiving of his holy word in Christ. Amen. The Bible is a love letter. It's a love letter from God to us, telling us and showing us how much God loves us and the ways that he loves us. He loves us perfectly in every way. And the ultimate goal of God is to call us into relationship with Him, and that we be in a love relationship with the one true living God, and that we honor Him in our lives with the first place in our lives, in our hearts, in all that we do, and all that we say, and all that we are. So, in this sermon on the mount, where Jesus is teaching us what a life in Christ must be what he calls us to he's telling us don't set your treasures in things on the earth don't make first in your life those things that are not eternal we need to understand that God is who he says he is he always does what he says he does and that he has created us for this relationship, to be in a relationship with him personally through Jesus Christ. By grace alone, that is a gift from God. Through faith alone, that is trusting in the finished work of Jesus. And even that faith is a gift of God so that we have nothing to boast about. You can see that in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. If you have not ever trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I encourage you, I, I implore you today to cry out to God and to acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior, that he has come and lived a perfect, sinless life, given his life that that we might have life by trusting in him, a gift from God to us, ours for the receiving. Yes, our lives will change and and must be aligned with his, but not because we want to be in a relationship. That comes strictly as a gift from God that we trust in Jesus. But because we are in that relationship, Our treasure is in Christ himself. So he's saying, look, there's nothing wrong with the things of this earth. I don't mean everything. Obviously, there's some things that, that are wrong. Particularly, it's not so much the things as how they are used or how they are perceived or how they are handled. But he's saying that as nice and as much fun as you may have with the different things that exist on this earth, Don't put your treasure in them. Don't let your heart be set on them because they're not eternal. They're not going to last. They will go away. You can have the nicest car on earth. I just saw, I, I didn't even know they made Rolls Royces anymore, but I saw one a couple of days ago, and it was brand new. It had a dealer's tag on it, and I thought, wow, I thought those didn't even exist anymore, and I looked it up. And it cost $406,000 for this Rolls Royce. I think it was Cullinan was the name of it that passed me on the interstate. But the point is that that in and of itself, there's not anything wrong with that, although I think that would be a ridiculous waste of money that could be used for better purposes. But I know I've wasted money before as well. But the point is this, that car, no matter how high the reputation of a Rolls Royce, will rust, and, and it will be destroyed uh, in this lifetime or when Christ comes back. So there's nothing there. There's no relationship. There's no feeling. There's no uh, perfect person. There's no amount of money, nothing that can truly satisfy us. So when Jesus is telling us not to make the things on earth what we hold as treasure, he's doing that for our blessing, for our benefit, like all of what God provides for us. His his rules, so to speak, are not rules to limit us, but to bless us, to show us a much better way. So he says, "Look, whatever you treasure, that's where your heart's going to be, and you got to give your heart to me." Now, in in Jewish uh, way of speaking at that time, uh, the heart and the eyes were were considered similar in the sense that they reflected what you're really about. So he says, "Look, you need to give your heart to me. I need to be first in your life." And then he, he changes to the eyes. He said the eye is the lamp. If it's healthy, if the eye cherishes things that are good, things that are eternal, then your whole body will be full of light, the light of Christ. But if your eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light in you is not light but darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is the darkness of having our treasure in the wrong place? And then he makes the the final tie in this all together. He says, no one can serve two masters. Jesus is either our master or he's nothing, and if if money or the things of this world or anything else, it, it can be anything that comes between us and God, anything that, that replaces Christ in our life or blocks us from Christ being first. He said, you just can't serve two masters because if you try to, you're going to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. And then he nails it. He says, you can't serve God and money and the word money here clearly means money, but it also means anything else that is, comes between us and our relationship with God. God has to be first. Jesus said if, if we don't hate our mother, father, brothers, and sisters, and what he's saying there in the original language and as it was used at that time was by comparison, our love for him his place in our life has to be first. It has to be ahead of everything else. And when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself is the second. And he said it's like to it. And then later in another place, he said that that loving our neighbors and doing to them as we would have them do to us is is a summation of all of the law. So he's calling us to put God first in our lives and, and not to treasure the things on earth that aren't going to last. Those things just don't last. We, we think that if we can't have this or we can't do that, that our life is just not going to be the same, but it's never true. And those things never deliver what, what they seem to promise before we went after them. I'm I'm an expert at going after the wrong things, but by God's grace, he's shown me that he needs to be first, and anything else and everything else is a distant second. But the thing is, when you put Christ first, then people in your life are elevated to a higher place than they've ever been before. We can't love Christ. Christ whom we've not seen without loving the people that he created and came and died to save uh we you just those two are inconsistent we can't love him and not love them so everything about putting Christ first actually works out to our own benefit and to the benefit of others but we don't do it because of the benefit. We do it because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what he continues to do. Amen. So let's lay up treasures in heaven, not treasures on this earth. We can have and enjoy the things of this earth, but we hold to them loosely. We just hold them loosely in our hand. We don't cling to them as if they were Uh, truly ultimately important enjoy the things of this world there's nothing in this lesson that says you can't fish or you can't uh, do whatever your activities are but do those as a place of serving god let that be the duty station And let everything that Christ calls us to, and mainly it's to himself, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So Christ is first. Enjoy the things of this world, but enjoy them in light of who we are in Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And in Galatians 2.20, Paul reminds us that when we're in Christ, we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. And the life we now live in this flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God, in Jesus Christ who died that we might have life. So praise God. Thank you for listening. And Lord willing, uh, next time we will pick back up in Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 25 about not being anxious about our lives, which is really just a continuation of this same message of trusting God and putting him first. Thank you, and God bless you.